finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones. We're with Lamb, Lion, Ministry. We thank you for being part of today's program. We encourage you to join us and get your Bibles ready to follow along with us in our study for today. And of course, as we open up this program, we want to open with a question. So what happens when a nation forgets their God? And we want you to stay tuned and find out the answer to that in today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if you will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, uh, what a sad question that is. Uh, we uh, lift that up to you, Lord, and ask for your guidance as we study through Ezekiel, that you help us and all those tuned in to understand, Lord, your purposes, your direction, and how you call nations back to repentance. It's a tough message, Lord, but we need to hear it, and we pray we'll heed it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're turning to truth to set you free. Title of our message is Forgot God and what happens when a nation forgets their God. And you can find out in today's program. So stay tuned. And for those of you following us on social media, share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, another wonderful week. Another wonderful week, brother. Always good to be uh, here with you studying the Bible and sharing the gospel. It's the highlight of my week, and I hope it is for all of you who are tuned in as well. Oh, that is great news, Nathan. And likewise, uh, for us here in Florida, it's good to be able to connect uh, with you as well. God is always on the move, right, Nathan? There's always wonderful opportunities uh, during the week for things for us to talk about and cover. And Nathan, people that are not familiar uh, with, with us, they can get a hold of our program and also our ministry in various ways. Can you share a little bit about it? Whoa. Yeah, that was a little interesting digital interference. Uh, yeah, sure thing. Uh, well, folks, uh, you're tuning in. The truth will set you free. It's the podcast of Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We're excited that the signs of the times point to the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, so we do many, many different outreaches to get the gospel out so that people can get saved and they can participate in the rapture of the church. We recommend checking us out through our website at ChristInProphecy.org, or if you have a favorite uh, device, then download our app, the Lamb Lion app. You can also find us on many, many venues. We, of course, have a Christ of Prophecy YouTube channel, a Facebook page and group. We're on Twitter, Pinterest, uh, Instagram. We have a new newsletter you can sign up for. We have many free magazines, articles, and videos on our website you can watch and download. So check us out, ChristInProphecy.org. Well, thank you so much, Nathan Jones. Uh, just a lot of wonderful resources for those of you that follow us regularly, whether it's on Pray.com or social media. Uh, we're excited because this is a lot of wonderful resources to help you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So, Nathan, you and I have been having a wonderful time going through the book of Ezekiel. In our previous programs, we talked about how God was dealing uh, with them, that his fury was being poured out, his indignation, because he was correcting them. They had turned their backs on him, although this was going on, we know that the ultimate plan was that God wanted for them to repent, to turn to him, because their condition 
had gotten so bad. I mean, so bad that as we look at chapter 22, verses 1 through 6, as we continue, we'll see just how sad this situation was. Uh, and Nathan, you provided for us a timeline and a little bit of background that this, of course, was taking place during the, their captivity. Uh, and uh, again, for somebody who's new to our program, uh, we've been covering the book of Ezekiel chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And, and Nathan, it's been a really educational book so far, right? You know, a lot of people skip over Ezekiel. They they start off the first chapter or two, and Ezekiel's seeing, you know, wheels within wheels within heaven and and uh, four-faced uh, cherubim and all sorts of weird things. And then you get into the uh, exile of Jerusalem as the we're down to the last days where God is going to say, enough's enough. Israel's sins have mounted so great that it's time for them to be exiled to Babylon for the purpose of making a believing remnant that can return and rebuild Israel. And so that's kind of where we're at now. Uh, Ezekiel is one of the exiles, although he seems to return here. And uh, the people, the elders of Jerusalem have asked him, why is God allowing this? They, After ignoring God for hundreds of years, they're finally saying, okay, why is God allowing it? And so we just read in the last few chapters why God allowed it. But I think we're getting to the kind of the climax of God's explanation here in Ezekiel chapter 22, because he's going to define perfectly what are the sins for him. You know, they're sitting there saying, hey, you know, we're God's people. You, you know, God's with us. Why would he abandon us? And God's saying, let me tell you what exactly you're doing. And, you know, I think you understand what you're doing. So very important chapter to understanding how God deals with sin and why he deals with it. Nathan, excellent point. And as we tackle chapter 22, we want individuals to look at the details here, how Jerusalem was this beautiful city. And now it's going to be described here really as a bloody city, a bloody mess, and the reasons why. Would you be able to open us up, Nathan, in chapter 22 and read for us verses 1 to 6 in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Yeah, okay. Let's uh, start with verse 1 in chapter 22. I'll be reading from the New King James. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Now, son of man, or Ezekiel, will you judge? Will you judge the bloody city? Yes, show her all of her abominations. Then say, Thus says the Lord God, the city sheds blood in her own midst, that her time may come, and she makes idols within herself to defile herself. You have become guilty by the blood which you have shed, and have defiled yourself with the idols which you have made. You have caused your days to draw near and have come to the end of your years. Therefore, I have made you a reproach to the nations and a mockery to all countries. Those near and those far from you will mock you as infamous and full of tumult. Look, the princes of Israel, each one has used his power to shed blood in you. Hmm. Nathan, I'm sorry, but when I read this passage, it just uh, rings so much truth, even to what we see is happening in the nations today. Uh, and here we find this sad uh, labeling, if you will, uh, a bloody city. And, and uh, I mean, we see just how far uh, these individuals have strayed away to be labeled in this way. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think about around 1300 or so when Joshua led the people across the Jordan River into the promised land, the people made an oath. We will be with God. The Lord is our God. We will stand with him. We will do what he said. And we saw within just a generation or two how the people kind of got real kind of apathetic about the, what the Lord. The Lord said, hey, these evil nations that you are encountering, 
will pull you into their idolatry if you don't deal with them. And they sort of dealt with them. And it seemed like then for hundreds of years after that, as we went through the time of the judges and then through the time of the kings, now we're about 600 BC, 582 to be exact. And so for hundreds of years now, about 800, the Jewish people have rejected God for the most part. There have been good kings like David and Hezekiah and Josiah, but for the most part, they have fallen into the idolatry of the nations around them. So this covenant that God made with the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they were to be a holy people and the world would look at them and want to know God. Well, they're just as evil as their neighbors. The people don't want to look at them and see God anymore. And so God says, hey, you're not my representatives anymore. Uh, this is the end of it. I'm sending you into exile. And he lists the some of the sins which the people have, have been fallen for. One, horrible violence, blood, not just against their enemies, but against each other. And even their babies, sacrificing their children to Molech. Also, they become idolatrous. They don't follow the Ten Commandments and put God first and only. Instead, they're following these pagan, heathen deities. And uh, because of these two things and many other things, God says, that's it. You're going into exile. Nathan, and then we fast forward a few thousand years and we look, I mean, of course, this is a, 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 a what an example, the bloody city. But I'm considering even today in society, as we fast forward into the future, how many cities I think we can label in the same way because of the crime and the homicides, uh, the blood that is being shed. And it's amazing to me how we are also living literally in this type of environment. I used to live in Miami in a city called Miami Gardens. And at one time it was actually labeled one of the most dangerous cities from the, from so many uh, 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 killings that were taking place. And of course, today we find that to be so in so many other cities, Chicago, L.A. And uh, again, that could be labeled these uh, these type of crimes uh, that individuals were committing. And it sort of reminds me, Nathan, to a little bit of what the Bible says, one of the signs of the end times in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 4, where the Bible says, mark this, there will be a terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And and, and we, we no wonder as we look at people's behavior, Nathan, uh, how we can literally see much of this happening even during our time. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's human nature, wouldn't you say? And the fact that we could say every city is a bloody city, every city has fallen into war and mistreated their people and um chased after other gods it's it's the pagan condition but see jerusalem was supposed to be different jerusalem was the city of david jerusalem was where the temple was and the people could see the miracles that god did uh, before the armies of israel and they would say hey this is a holy people they love the lord and they follow him and it's a just place and the people are well treated and hey their god must be the one and only god let's learn about him and they just became like every other pagan city around them. They became a terrible example for God. And it's a good good message for the church because in this age, the church age, we are the example of God. We're supposed to be, as Christians, little Christ, so to speak. Uh, not that we're divine, but that we represent him. We're ambassadors for Jesus. And people are supposed to look at us and say, hey, there's something different about their life. God is center of it. 
They live holy lives. They abstain from sin. They don't chase after other gods. They don't chase after lust. They don't uh, live bloody, violent lives. Uh, there is something different. They're faithful and true and just. I want to know about God. And so, likewise, this message to, to Israel, to Jerusalem in particular, very well could be to us individually. Because as examples of Christ, how are we living? I mean, that's an important question, Vic. No, Nathan, and that's a good point. And not only to Christians, but I think it also pushes to uh, officials in government, people of authority and people of power. Because as we look there at Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 6, uh, I noticed something, Nathan. It says in verse 6, see how each of the princes of Israel who are in who are in you uses his power to shed blood. And I'm sorry to say, but that is something that we see happening today, a misuse of power by people in authority, by people that, that should be using the authority to uphold God. And instead, we see uh, today, right, Nathan, the world is terrorized because of the misuse of power and people using it to shed blood. Yeah, yeah if you read the book of Amos, which he was a prophet about 200 years earlier to the northern tribes in Israel, and he listed their sins, which are the same sins we're reading about in Jerusalem. Uh, the princes were constantly abusing their own people. They were taking the tax money. The priests and the prophets lied and cheated and steal. The women were even called the cows of Bash. They called, Amos called them a bunch of cows because they mistreated the poor and abused them. Uh, the, is, the northern tribes had become so evil that they were useless. So God says, all right, I'm going to chop part of my promise people away and we'll focus on Judah. Well, nope, Judah couldn't do it. So he chopped that away and we're just down to Jerusalem. But as we know through history in 586 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came in, destroyed Jerusalem, and he took the, he blinded their king Zedekiah and he took the exiles out of, including like Daniel, up into Babylon. And for the next 70 years, there the people would be and the Lord used it to refine it. He's always looking for a remnant of faithful. And that remnant of faithful, as we'll read later in Haggai and Zechariah, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, all get to return back to the land, rebuild the city of Jerusalem, rebuild the temple, rebuild the walls. And even though they're under foreign control up until 1948, uh, they still become, again, a representative of people for God. Because God has never forgotten the Jewish people. He's always promised that they will fall under his promises. And so even today, we're seeing, uh, I mean, look at Israel today. It's another example of internal warfare, bloodshed, political intrigue. Uh, you know, 75% of the country doesn't believe in God. They're secular humanists. Uh, so again, a God is going to bring a refining process to Israel. And what the Bible calls that is the day of the Lord or the tribulation. So what's happening in here in Ezekiel, we as the Jewish people and as the church and all need to look at, hey, this is going to happen again because God's trying to refine a remnant of believers who are faithful to him and populate heaven with them. I love that, Nathan. And of course, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about Forgot God. Nathan, and people might ask the question when they read this, how do people get to this point? I mean, the hideous crimes, the bloody city, how do you get that title? And well, we find the answer in the next few verses, verses 7 through 12 of Ezekiel chapter 22. Again, we want to encourage those of you that are following along with us. Uh, notice the, the rest of this passage. 
and notice some some things here uh, regarding the the why and how people get to that place. Uh, Nate, will you be able to read verses uh, seven through ten, and I'll pick it up on eleven through twelve in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Sure, verse seven. In you they have made light of father and mother. In your midst they have oppressed the stranger. In you they have mistreated the fatherless and the widow. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. In you are men who slander to cause bloodshed. In you are those who eat on the mountains. In your midst they commit lewdness. In you men uncover their father's nakedness. In you they violate women who are set apart during their impurity. Verse 11. In you... One man commits a detestable offense with his neighbor's wife, another shameless defy his daughters in law, and another violates his sister, his own father's daughter. In you, your people who accept bribes to shed blood, you take interest and make profit from the poor. You exhort unjust gain from your neighbors, and you are forgotten me, declares the sovereign Lord. Nathan, all these things, right? We notice it says here, you have forgotten me, declares the sovereign Lord. And isn't that the truth, Nathan? When people forget God, when they turn their backs on God, when they forget to worship the Lord, I mean, really, we're capable of doing just about anything. Yeah, you've nailed it on the head. Men have forgotten God. And when you forget God and you don't follow his, his holy moral law anymore, then you live for yourself. You live for your your own lusts and your hedonism and as a society it begins to crumble brother we are living in that right and just in the last 50 years as america has forgotten god and chased after its own lusts that as romans 1 teaches that we were given over a depraved mind and now we live in a culture where men say they can become women and women men and and children should have uh, hormone therapy and transgenders have more rights and the good is called evil and the evil is called good but uh you know it's it's interesting reading this list of sins and i you know as you read it i was trying to see how does that tick off against the sins that we see becoming a staple of our own society well for one it says the princes in other words that our version of congress or the leaders uh uses their power to shed blood they abuse their power well check uh they make light of father and mother in other words they they uh, abandon the uh, nuclear family. They don't think family is important anymore. Well, check. They oppress the strangers that come in. Well, we have open borders now, so we can basically have a servant class in the United States. Check. They've mistreated the fatherless and the widows. Check. They have profaned God's holy things and Sabbaths. They, you know, God's name is a curse word here. Check. Uh, they cause bloodshed. They eat on the mountains. In other words, they they worship in in foreign temples and and not in churches. Well, check. They commit lewdness. You know, they march in gay pride parades. Check. They eat ghosts. And this is where I don't know if we're there yet. They they we're talking about lust uh, uh, within the family. You know, we're talking about uh, uh, excuse me, the word escapes my mind at the moment, but committing the sin by sleeping with your sister. You know, uh, incest is what they're talking about. Well, I don't know if we're there yet, but it's, I think it's right around the corner. Uh, you know, it says adultery with one's wife, uh, defiling one's own daughter in law. That's, again, incest again. So, brother, I don't know if society, if we've moved yet into incest, but I think that's very much the next step in the sexual revolution is we see first homosexuality and then transgenderism. But after this, it will be pedophilia and certainly incestuary is coming up next. So uh, I, I, we have to look at is where God steps in and says, this is it. I'm going to judge you. Brother, we are like just steps away from from 
from that happening. Well, Nathan, thank you for providing that wonderful checklist. I thought that was fantastic the way that you brought about those points and comparing them to where we are today, because oftentimes people don't connect the Bible with what's going on. They think, oh, this is an ancient book. It doesn't apply for us today. Here's something in the time of Ezekiel that we see point by point as you drew out applies literally to what's happening today. And what we just talked about in 2 Timothy chapter 3, a sign of the last days, a signs of the time, we see the wickedness, we see the impurity. And Nathan, the sad thing is that we also see so much of that creeping into the church, uh, 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 an institution, uh, something that should be holy and pure. And we see a lot of that happening in the church, even right now. I heard a quote from someone and I hope I'm not going to misquote it, but it was something to the point that if the Holy Spirit were taken out of the church today, that not, not much would happen. <laughs> and, and that's a sad indictment, but it's almost a reality. It is true. There's so many denominations and individual churches that are forgetting God. You know, they're, they're chased, they're, there's everything. One of the Mennonite churches recently openly embraced uh, gay marriage. Mennonites, of all things. You know, the Methodist church, long ago, Episcopalians have forgotten God ages ago. I grew up a Presbyterian, and now it's like, well, I'm not anymore. But thank goodness for Calvary chapels. But even they've split, and the Southern Baptists are struggling, which is what I am now. And it's just the church is falling apart. But again, the Lord always keeps a remnant. There is always going to be a remnant church, and if not a remnant church, a remnant group of believers. If you're listening to this podcast, I bet you're one of them. Because if you love Bible prophecy, it usually means that you're well connected with the Lord. You are part of that remnant church. So praise the Lord for you. But uh, yeah, we live in these these dark, terrible times where we're seeing Christian institutions collapse, just like Israel collapsed. And you know, brother, when the Lord returns and sets up His kingdom, uh, Revelation tells us right that even in the end. Many of the people, when Satan's released, turn on with him and rebel against God again. So it doesn't matter what the system is. As long as humanity has fallen, we're always going to rebel against our creator. We're always going to degrade society, and we're going to forget God. And, and Nathan, and that is the, the thing that we want in, to leave individuals with. Whatever you do, uh, uh, you know, don't forget your maker. Don't forget the Lord. Don't forget to thank him. Don't forget to stay close to him, to serve him. Uh, again, I love that uh, uh, John chapter 15, the vine and the, and, the, and the branches, right, Nathan? And just staying uh, connected to the Lord. And today the world throws so much at us to get disconnected through social media, through uh, the the pressures of work and life. And it is easy for people uh, to get distracted and get disconnected. And maybe you are one of those individuals who have found yourself getting somewhat disconnected and you feel yourself drying up a little bit. You don't seem to have the zeal and the fire that you used to for the things of the Lord. Well, let me tell you, we want to give you an opportunity to reconnect to, with him. And if you have never connected with the Lord in a personal relationship with him, we want to give you an opportunity to come to him, to be grafted into the body of Christ through a personal relationship with the Lord. And, and Nathan, that's what we offer every week is ways for people not to forget God, but to remember God. And that can be done through a relationship with him. And Nate, will you be able to share with that person, maybe part of this program right now that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, but has a desire to connect with him, how they can do that? Absolutely. Well, if I could, Vic, let me read 13 through 16. 
because it shows how God thinks about sin. And then let's tie it into the gospel message here. It says, Behold, therefore, I, God, beat my fists at the dishonest profit which you have made, and at the bloodshed which has been in your midst. Can your heart endure, or can your hands remain strong in the days when I shall deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken and will do it. I will scatter you among the nations, disperse you throughout the countries, and remove your filthiness completely from you. You shall defy yourself in the sight of the nations. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And then if we go to John 3 in the Bible, what does John 3.36 says? It says this, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. But he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So here in Ezekiel 22, we get an example of what God's wrath is. God will destroy evil. He'll let it fester until he says enough's enough, and then he deals with it. And that's not just for nations and cities. It's also for individuals. We are born in sin. We rebel against God in our minds on a daily basis. Our hearts are against him, and our sins have sentenced us to hell. And that's why Jesus comes, and he, as the perfect God-man, died on the cross for our sins. Our sins were put on him, the blame and the punishment on him. And then when he beat death, by resurrecting from the dead three days later, then he provided the way of salvation. When we put our faith and trust in him, then our sins are forgiven. The guilt is then washed away, and then we inherit eternal life with the Lord. We're seen as holy because of Jesus, as we are called imputed, imputed by Christ's righteousness. So I think the story in Ezekiel 22, Vic, is so important because it's a big picture view of how God thinks about sin, how he deals with it, but how he always provides an avenue of salvation. So folks, if, if you have joined this podcast and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior yet, now's the time to turn and accept it, to pray from your heart, something like this. Lord Jesus, I, I know I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against you. Please forgive me of my sins. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And Jesus will forgive you of your sins. He will wash your guilt away and you, you will inherit eternal life with him. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing that wonderful invitation. And that's why we want to encourage those of you that maybe prayed that prayer. Reach out to us, 305-992-9537. We would love to hear from you and rejoice with you for you connecting with God, not forgetting God, but putting God first and putting God where he belongs. And we would love to send you a Bible and a study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with him. Again, you can reach out to us. And we want to rejoice with you. also want to encourage you. Find a good Bible uh, teaching church. Join them. Let them know that you accept the Lord and that you want to be baptized. And that's the wonderful way for you to continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. Because we're living in perilous times. And now is the time for us to keep our eyes on the Lord. And Nathan, what a great encouragement this book of Ezekiel has been uh, in encouraging us to continue to trust the Lord. Uh, he has a wonderful plan for our lives. And he's not through with us yet, right? Absolutely. Well, not only did God send prophets like Ezekiel to Israel and to, to call them into repentance, uh, that's what the church is for. And brother, I don't know about if you've been following the Asbury University story. Uh, folks, yes. you can check our, our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, we have a, a prophetic perspective video where Tim Moore and I discussed the Asbury uh, revival. But, uh, you know, uh, it's been uh, a week now as of this recording and they started a church service on a, uh, at the college on a Wednesday, you know, chapel service. And people started praying. And then pretty soon it just kept going and going. And 
And they're saying, you know, people repent. See, this is where you know it's a real revival. People are repenting and turning to the Lord and they're worshiping and they don't want to leave. It's like a little snapshot of what the eternal state will be like before the throne of God. And and those are the type of revivals that let you know that God is still working in the church. He's still calling us to repentance. And we don't have to go up to Kentucky to experience this revival. We can turn to God and ask for such a revival in our own hearts and share it with others, right? Ooh, what a wonderful way, Nathan, to close the program. And that's what we want to leave every one of you with. God wants to do a personal revival in you. Call upon the name of the Lord and he will do that wonderful work. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. We thank you all for being part of today's program. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, keep your eyes on the Lord. He's coming back very, very soon. Have a wonderful day.